Elaine and welcome to the LifeCraft Podcast. LifeCraft is passionate about helping you live your everyday life better by sharing inspiration, awareness and tools to enable you to create a fulfilling life. The holiday season can be a stressful time with many moving parts that can have us feeling ungrounded and sometimes not like ourselves. So I asked life coach Yvette Allo to be our guest and to share new insights with us regarding the things that make us trip up at this time. We talk about living more consciously and what that means, what relationship contracts are and how to go about changing them in a healthy way. And at the end of the episode, Yvette shares the one thing she recommends we do to ensure that this holiday season is different in a more positive and fulfilling way. Be sure to download this episode, share it with a loved one, and share your biggest takeaway with us in a positive review or on social media by following and tagging our guest at Yvette underscore Allo and us at The Lifecraft in a post or a story. Enjoy the episode, and I wish you and your family and friends a peaceful and fun-filled festive season. Welcome to the LifeCraft podcast again. It is an honor to speak with you always. I love consuming everything that you create, and I'm so honored to have you here today to help us have a more conscious holiday season. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Mel. Um, it's always good talking to you too. Um, I loved our last conversation, so I'm really excited to, to this one. Um, and I feel like it's something that I'm passionate about as well. I'm passionate about everything we talk about, but I'm really excited for this conversation. So am I. So am I. So this time of year can be very stressful for people. People go through a lot of shifts and changes. I know in my own life, I had a little year end fatigue. I really felt that creeping on. And then there are things that come up like family dynamics and travel and the whole situation that we are in globally right now, money. Um, there are so many aspects of our lives that get affected. And I think the reason why I wanted to have you on with this holiday season series is I, I got back to a point where I realized we need to live more consciously in all of those areas. So I would love for you to just explain what conscious living means before we dig into how we can have a little bit more of a conscious holiday season. I'd say conscious living looks like being more present um, in your experience, you know, because I don't think we are as present as we think we are. We're kind of just going through life and we're not aware of our thoughts. We're not aware of our behavior. We're not even aware of what's happening to us in the present moment. So that's why so much, so many of us experience burnout because we're not present in our bodies. So that's what I'd say living consciously is in this context. And how do we look at becoming more present in our bodies? Because I know um, I understand that term, but if it was like 10, 12 years ago, I would have said present. I am present and it sucks. I am here right now and it is stressful and I'm feeling every which way. How do we really be present in the moment? And what does that look like for someone that might have not really experienced it since they were like a child? It's funny because you said um, since like since when they were a child, because that's the first example I thought of is that when the child, when you're present with a child, you ask them how they're feeling. You know, some people have children, but they're not present. Mm. Like, oh, I live with you. But your child is like, hey, I barely see you. I feel unloved, you know. So it's kind of like the same experience with ourselves, whereby 
we really aren't taking like a moment to pause and say, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling that way? What's the support that you need right now where you are? Um, and, you know, like really just defining that and and stopping and pausing, because I think that's the mo- most biggest thing is that currently we live in a world where everything is rush, rush, you know, we're constantly in the move. We constantly have to get better quickly so that we can be on the move. But even when you're, it's so bad that your body has to physically stop you and say, Hey, you need to slow down. You know, you need to, to just, to just breathe and actually be then even then you're stressing the whole time. You're like thinking about the next thing. You're not even being present in the fact that you are sick and your body, your body is calling your awareness to something, you know, or your emotions are calling your awareness to something. Cause you do get like an emotional burnout too, where you're just, you know, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know, apart from like physical um, exhaustion where you feel like you can't do certain things, but all those things obviously coincide. So being present in your body is exactly that. It's saying, how am I feeling? What am I feeling? Where is this coming from? You know, what support do I need? What am I going to do about it? You know, and being aware of yourself, you know, of your sensations in your body. You know, that's why we do a lot of things like yoga and all of that. It's that you're in your body, but you might have had like a back pain for for like a good year, Mm. but you haven't even acknowledged it and accepted it and done something about it. That says you're not present in your body. If you have had this feeling of being overwhelmed for a good eight months, something is, you know, you haven't done anything about it and it's still there because you have not paid attention to that feeling and where it's coming from and you have not done something about it. So a lot of the things that we continuously experience is because we are not present. We think we're present. We're just running around and maybe we acknowledge a few things here and there because it's maybe affecting your work or something of that sort. But being present is like, literally looking at yourself like how a child would want to be looked at and saying, how are you feeling today? And then really paying attention to the answer that, you know, you get from yourself and being honest with yourself because that's also quite important. I love that analogy. And it really is just checking in with yourself and then allowing whatever comes up to be there, to really not fight it, to not want to feel any different than you feel right at this moment and to know that this too shall pass. This will go through, but if you resist it, it'll stay. So if you had to look at the things that we go through as a collective during the holiday season, what are some of the things that you think we need to be a little bit more conscious or aware of? Um, I know you share so much amazing content online. What are the things that you see really pop up at this at this time of year? I think it's really just your default setting, right? So a lot of times people do the work throughout the year. And then somewhere between this festive season, they default to their, you know, their original setting. Whether because it's like uh, triggers that happen and then now you're being responsive to people based on certain things that they say and then you're taking offense. Whether it's letting go of your boundaries that you've been working on and setting on throughout, you know, or whether it's literally just now overly extending yourself suddenly to family and friends throughout the year, you've worked on these things and then now you're defaulting or whether it's even with your relationship with yourself, you feel alone because maybe you're not having the type of um, festive season you thought you would have. You're comparing your experience to others. So a lot of us step into this default setting and maybe that's why we actually, you know, set so many new year's goals and this and that. And we feel like we have to reset because I mean, life is a continuation, you know, you're not, you don't have to constantly feel like I have to start anew and I'm going to be perfect. It's a continuation, but maybe we feel like we have to reset because we are not 
during this one month period, we let go of ourselves so much, our, our values, the things we've been working on, we start to beat ourselves up over again. We're not self-aware and we're triggered because we are also surrounded by the things that, you know, like family, a lot of people are triggered by their family members, you know, um, if they come from an, an, an unhealthy environment at home. And when they go back there, you know, it brings up everything to the surface, the anger, the things that they've not worked out, the things they've not communicated and how easily it is for them to get manipulated out of their boundaries or manipulate themselves. Because a lot of times people aren't even manipulating you. You're manipulating yourself because of your own guilt. Oh, yes. Oh, I realized I, I gaslit myself into another dimension. I just took over the role of the person who used to gaslight me. And I think it's such an important thing to look at. We gaslight ourselves. We'll say, no, it's not as bad as it seemed. They probably didn't mean it that way. You're just being overly sensitive. You you just too dramatic. That's not really what happened. Maybe you're wrong. And just sitting with that experience and saying, well, this was my experience. It might not be mm. good or bad. It might not be right or wrong, mm. but this was my experience. And we do that, especially when it comes to relationships and family. We gaslight ourselves. And then All the we time. feel so confused and we feel so disconnected from who we really are and from the present moment. So it comes back to that. It's so big. Oh. Even to add to what you're saying, you know, because a lot of time is this person is doing this to me. This person is inconsiderate. This person is controlling. This person is manipulative and manipulates me into giving the money, you know, instead of taking ownership, you know, because over the festive season, you can't every single year say people are manipulating me out of my finances. When do you take ownership? Or people are inconsiderate. Mm. You know, you have to say, I bring the focus back to self and say, I, what is, what is this experience bringing to my awareness about myself, you know, and say, I would like more support from my family rather than them asking me for money all the time. I want more space. So I need to communicate that to my family rather than just letting them come over when they feel like it. I need to set boundaries with my finances because every single year I find myself overwhelmed. So bring the focus back to self because even when we gaslight ourselves, there's a part of us that doesn't take accountability. And it's always, now we demonize the other person. They're so inconsiderate, right? But have you stood up for yourself? You know, Have you communicated what your wants and your needs are? And sometimes it's exactly that. This is what I want. This is the type of support I need, you know, instead of just being in your head and saying, nobody cares about me, this and that and that. And yes, sometimes the experiences we have do speak into that. But part of healing that is taking full ownership over the parts that you need to own up, you know, and understanding what your needs are, you know, and when you understand what your needs are, you can communicate them. And, and also sometimes we really do villainize people in our own minds and say, this is a controlling person instead of I, you know, um, I don't like it when this person asks me to do certain things, right? It doesn't mean the person's controlling. It means that maybe you need to actually stand up for what you want and what you don't want to do, right? So it's easier to label other people as toxic, this and that, but have you stopped to understand what your needs are in that moment? A lot of times you move into labeling the other person instead, instead of understanding what our needs are. And that's something to just be aware of as we navigate for the festive season, the default setting, you know, because sometimes 
you really haven't had the time to practice the things that you have been working on in your mind and self-awareness and journaling. And the universe and creation is giving you this opportunity to say, hey, this thing is still lingering. If you can't set boundaries, it's still going to keep surfacing over and every. And whether you set a New Year's resolution or not, if you're not going to honor yourself, you know, and your healing journey and every single amount of work that you've put into this process and really just look at the picture with a full perspective and just be honest with yourself, you're going to continue experiencing the same thing every single year. And then it's the reset pattern. So continue to do the work. Yes, it's so powerful. And what I always tell my clients is, you know, your family, they don't know what you've been working on. They don't know. They don't know you've been on this journey. They don't know you want to set this boundary. They don't know you've come to the self-realization. They don't know that you have this new need for your life and that you've got this new desire for your life and that you would like to be treated differently. And you taught them how to treat you as well. So if you try and change dramatically, you're going to the family setting and you're like, boundary here, boundary there, just have some grace. Just have some grace with them as well. They don't know your entire journey and you might want to share it with them or you might not. Like in my case, I didn't want to, but I, I, I was always conscious of the fact that they still have a version of me in their minds that has nothing to do with me. That's not the real me. It's just their perspective of me, their experience through their life journey of who Melissa is. And I kind of have to honor that and to be strong enough to say, you know what, I'm going to stay in my authentic power while they have a different idea of who I am. And I'll teach them slowly that I have integrated new things into my life, that I am putting myself first, and that this whole new version of me is coming to the table when we are at a family gathering. And uh, so I just wanted to add that because sometimes we forget. (laughs) I know in my healing journey, I was like, boundaries here, and I'm a new woman here, and so in my power. And then I get there and everyone's like, no, you're not. Who is this person? person in front of me what's going on now (laughs) who do you think you are (laughs) and and I always thought oh just have some grace with them just have some grace they weren't on your journey it doesn't make them bad people they're just adjusting and what you've said is exactly so accurate it's that that we are not aware of the relationship contract we've built with people and when they respond based on that previous relationship contract we get mad forgetting that we've contributed to the contract that that is there and it exists, you know, and it takes time for them to adjust to the new version of ourselves. And you've had time to work on yourself. You've had time to have this awareness, but they have not had the time and they're still relationshiping with you based on the old relationship contract. So that's beautiful what you've just said. And it's like change the relationship contract. And sometimes contract needs you to let people know, right. To say, Hey, I've noticed that I've showed up in this manner. This is what makes me feel loved now. This is what makes me feel supported now. This is what makes me feel, you know, and I think it moves away from the whole boundaries thing, which sounds like, I think when people hear boundaries, they just think anger. No, you know, boundaries are actually the most healthiest thing you can do for your relationships. And a lot of people are in so much frustration that they do them from anger or they just dissociate completely and disappear, you know, because they don't know how to handle it, you know, but, but if you're setting boundaries or communicating the change from love or, or changing the contract, let's put it that way. Changing the contract from love is just saying, hey, um, this is really what makes me feel loved. I know that in the past I said I don't like flowers. Now I do. <laughs> and I, it would make me feel really loved to get flowers. I know in the past that 
I could spend the whole day drinking, um, you know, with you. Um, right now, it's not something that I'm able to do, but I would love to spend the day and have a picnic with you if that's something you're open to. You know, I know in the past that I was able to give money to you um, at your demand. It's not something I can do any longer. And um, I will support you in terms of maybe resources or anything else, but I can no longer support you financially from this point onwards because I have to honor myself. I think that sounds much, <laughs> much more, you know, loving and whatnot then just like, because I think, again, we have this association with boundaries and the word and all of that. So change the contract. If you're not happy with the contract that you have with your family, because we all have a contract. We have contracts with our colleagues. We have contracts with our friendship, in our friendships. We have contracts, unwritten relationship contracts. And sometimes we just need to say them. Sometimes even write it down. I will no longer do this, you know, for yourself. Um, and it's like these unwritten agreements that we've made on the basis of our relationships. And it's so important to change those and it can be done with love. That's so powerful. And I'm sitting here listening to this and I know because I have been there and I have had clients that are there. Um, you might be listening to this and thinking, oh, yes, yes, Yvette, yes, Melissa, I want to step into my power like that. And I want to set these beautiful, mm. kind boundaries because a boundary is never about the other person. It's always about me. But you said that we, I should know what I want, mm-hmm. Yvette. But isn't that selfish? Isn't it so selfish mm-hmm. to be so focused on what I want and what I want to experience and setting boundaries for myself? I don't want to be selfish. I still want to care about other people. Can I do both? Like, what's wrong with being selfish? <laughs> when did selfish become I a bad word? See me. I'm like so, celebrating. I'm like, yes, God, please. Yeah. Sometimes we need to be. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being selfish. It's just being full of yourself. You know, fill your cup with yourself because that's the point where you have more to give to others. And I personally stopped seeing selfish as a bad word. I've never had anybody call me that. To be honest, I don't think I have enough friends in my life <laughs> to, to have them like call me selfish. But generally, and maybe I am just, you know, a giving person, but I've never had anybody use that word. But even if they did, because I'm an introvert and part of understanding myself is that I get depleted very easily, you know, by being around people um, for long periods at a time, you know. So if I go out for one night, I'm recovering for like a month. <laughs> so literally for me, I understand that sometimes honoring yourself, you know, means that you are going to disappoint some people. And also sometimes we, we backslide or we feel so bad because we're not, we think we're not going to get that guilty feeling. And then when we get the guilty feeling and then somebody calls your name like selfish and then your inner child who wants to be accepted, validated, starts to feel shaky, you know, starts to fear the rejection. And then you're back to the behavior again. There's nothing wrong with being selfish, you know, and that just means that you understand that you need to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of others. And whether you're a mom, whether you're, I know moms that feel bad just for going away with their friends. And I'm like, dude, I remember I was speaking to one of my little cousins um, and, and like one of the things I remember we were talking about, like his mom, I'm like, dude, you, and he's like, he's young, he's very young. And um, I was like, dude, you would you like it if your mom was around when you hung out with your friends all the time right he's like no (laughs) 
I'm like, yes. So your mom has to go on holiday too, because not because she doesn't love you, but because she's her own person. And because he he understands things, because kids understand things, right? And people often think they don't. Um, and it's always good to explain things to them in the language that they can understand and see and use examples that are tangible. So he calls me his psychologist. <laughs> because he's like we talk about stuff and then I explain things to him like he's a human being and not like a baby who doesn't mm. get things you know and this has been for a very long time and so when he said that he's like yeah that makes sense and then he got over it because <laughs> he was like yeah I don't like it if my mom leaves out you know and I'm like let's put it this way how would you feel if your mom was there when you're playing this type you know games with your friends and everything and he's totally got the concept of just a person being a human being and having time and doesn't mean they don't love you because they're doing that. So it's the same thing, you know, just because you're prioritizing yourself does not mean that you're less kind, you know, it doesn't mean you're less loving. It just means that you understand your own needs enough to communicate those and create the boundaries that are safe for those relationships to thrive. Because when you don't do that, it builds resentment. And I think it's not a healthy thing. We think kindness is these things that are actually very unhealthy. Like I sacrifice myself, I build resentment and that's kind. If it's not kind to you, it is not kind to the other person. That is so powerful. And I've noticed that it leads to so much, like you said, resentment. And what I only discovered this year was it leads to manipulation as well. It leads to manipulation. So you really think, and I've noticed this in women as well, a lot with women, because we, we're not stepping into our power. We don't think we are deserving of what we can be and do and have. And then we'll resort to manipulation to get what we want. But we want what we want. It's like it doesn't go away. So we just learn how to manipulate or to self-sacrifice. And I just think, what about a third option? What about stepping into your power and actually knowing what you want? Take some time. Discover what it is that you want to experience in this world. As a mother, as a wife, as a father, as a as a business owner, as a daughter, as a friend. What do you want to bring to the table? What do you want to experience? What do you want to feel? Mm -hmm. What contribution do you want to bring into this world? And then just create that. And, oh, it's so powerful. So powerful, Yvette. And to add to what you've just said, like about manipulation, just to break it down, what it actually sounds like, because people might be like, I'm not manipulative. You know, I'm me. No, I just do things from like, I'm too loving. I remember that there's a post uh, I put up and I was saying, are you too loving or do you manipulate other people into doing what you want to do? Or are you just so, what's this? You want people to love you. So your manipulation is that, because manipulation, people think it's like when you're doing evil things. Sometimes we manipulate people into meeting our needs, you know, and it's called manipulation also sometimes because it's like you're not doing it in a healthy way. That's just, you know, like, addressing the actual thing but manipulation can also be this thing where you're sacrificing yourself you do things in exchange for love when people don't give you that love or compromise in the way that you do you feel so angry so then you have to question your motive why was i doing that was i doing it because i wanted to or was I doing it because it's an exchange because i want to manipulate this person to staying into my life and then if you're manipulating people into staying in your life do you really see yourself as valuable as just a human being or do you think your values in your performance therefore now you have the cycle so manipulation it's quite manipulative and unfair to now overly extend yourself to a point where you're tired and depleted. And when people don't do the same things for you, you call them out and say they're bad, but sometimes they don't even ask you to do those things. <laughs> and so, and you decided to do those things yourself. <laughs> That's a mic 
drop moment. That is like a mic drop moment. It's true. We do that. We do that Mm. because we're living so unconsciously. Oh my goodness. Is there anything else before we wrap up this, this episode that you think people need to focus on during this holiday season so that it's different and healthier and more powerful? So I would say just be mindful. Like just be more present, you know, understand when certain feelings come up, notice where they're coming from. If you've been a workaholic um, the whole year, if you notice yourself feeling guilty because you're not working or looking at your laptop, notice where those emotions are coming from. Um, If you notice your kids are trying to get your attention and doing all these things, notice the need, you know, and I think that's what I'll end it off. Notice, address the real need, whether it's with yourself or people around you, you know, what's the need that that I'm trying to fulfill in this space, you know? What is the need that I want? And and we are responsible for our own needs, to be honest, you know, and we relationship with people because human relationships, obviously you can't be an island because there are certain needs that are also need other people. But it starts with just acknowledging your own needs and how you've been trying to meet those needs. And just being present as well for your own experience. So I'd say just be present, be mindful. Um, Notice with your family, you know, um, if something keeps resurfacing, you know, and address it, you know, and just be present. That's it. We miss out on so much. And the festive season, it's a lot of pressure to put on the festive season to change your whole life. Please, (laughs) you're going to come back and (laughs) it's so much pressure, really. So please just be present and enjoy it as it comes and know that life is a continuation. Your life doesn't end in December and neither does it begin in January. Your life is a continuation and there's a lot of grace for everything, but I see it as that, you know, um, I know I'm a coach and I do vision boards and I do all of those things, you know, but really I always see my life as a continuation. Um, there's a divine timeline that works for our lives. So we really don't need to put all of this prayer, pressure on ourselves to achieve this and that. We just need to be present mm-hmm. and keep showing up um, as our true and authentic selves. Oh, it's so powerful. Yes. Align with the energy. There is heightened energy at this time for change. Align with that energy, but don't let it pressurize you into thinking you need to be or do differently than you have. It is a continuation. That's beautiful. Yvette, thank you so much for your time and for your insights. It's been so powerful. I learned so much and I hope you have an amazing festive season. And I know we will, if we follow all of your advice, I know we are going to live more consciously during this holiday season. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and taking the time to invest in yourself and in your future. If you loved this episode, be sure to share it with us by leaving a positive review or tagging us in a post or in your stories. Share one thing that stood out or inspired you to live your everyday life better. This helps us create more meaningful episodes for you to enjoy. If you're not already following us on social media, be sure to follow at The Lifecraft for more inspiration and tools to help you live your most powerful life. And remember, you always have the power to craft a better life for yourself. And we are here to help you do just that. We'll connect again in the next episode. And until then, keep creating a life that you're excited to wake up to.
We enjoy bringing you interviews from experts and everyday people so that they can talk about their experiences and share information, tips, and what has worked for them on their journey towards a better life. However, remember that the opinions or advice of our guests and myself, the host, should not be taken as personal, actionable advice and is given as general information and education only. Please always remember to consult a qualified professional before implementing any medical, financial, legal, or other advice that you believe might work for you. Lifecraft is not responsible nor liable for your decision when implementing anything you hear on the podcast. Please listen and act responsibly. The opinions of our guests do not represent the opinions or views of Lifecraft or Melissa Lane personally and are meant as information and general education only.